Welcome to the Sidious Mac Podcast. I am your host, Chris Chavez. The Sidious Mac Podcast is presented by Garmin. I am very thrilled to finally partner with a brand that I've been using for the past six years. I don't know about you, but when I'm running solo or working out, I get the best out of myself with some fire playlists. There's just something about moving to the rhythm of my favorite beats that gets me through even the toughest of workouts. That's exactly why I love my Garmin 4Runner 245 music. It's not your average GPS smartwatch. With music storage right on my wrist, I can honestly say it takes wearables to the next level. I sync up my best Spotify playlist and I hammer out some miles. I've even put that Spotify playlist up for you guys to check out. If you think the benefits stop at just music, you'd be wrong. I was surprised at all the different features packed inside such a small, lightweight watch. I mean, have you ever wondered whether you're actually killing your training and overdoing it? Well, you get your answers with the training load feature, and there's built-in sports apps that monitor your recovery time, the body battery energy monitor, and so much more. I've got all the tools I need to push that extra mile. Do you know what's really music to my ears though? My 4Runner 245 watch lasts up to six hours in GPS mode, even when the songs are playing. Basically, I can run longer without worrying about the battery dying. Even if it's in smartwatch mode, guess how long it lasts? Up to seven days. Seriously, I fall asleep with this thing without plugging in because I know it'll be ready to go when I wake up in the morning. All of this is to say, I couldn't ask for a better on-wrist companion. So take a look down at your wrist right now. Maybe you've had that thing for a while. It's time to treat yourself. Upgrade today. Visit Garmin.com. And listeners, I've got an update for you. Garmin has launched its summer sale. The 4Runner 245 Music is now $75 off. They're also running sales on the 4Runner 945 and 4Runner 55. So check those out today at Garmin.com. A moment now to shout out all the supportive listeners that helped make this show possible. Many thanks to everyone who has backed us on Patreon, and welcome to Amanda Barshuski for signing up within the past week. If you want to join the loyal legion of backers that keep us going strong, sign up today at patreon.com slash We appreciate those who chip in to enhance our YouTube shows. We are going to have a special edition of After the Final Lap on Friday and Saturday night live from the Prefontaine Classic. We've got the U.S. Championships and the World Championships coming up in June and July. And we've got some really fun plans for the City Smag House at Worlds. So your contributions help make all of that happen. On Patreon, you could donate anything from a dollar a month. And we even have some people who contribute $20 a month or $30 a month, which comes out to a dollar a day. And for those of you who are unable to commit to a monthly contribution... You can also make a one-time donation by sending any dollar amount over to Sidious Mag on Venmo. Consider Venmo like a virtual tip jar. If you chip in, attach any message you want, and we'll shout it out on the next pod. Are you, your teammate, your family member, your coach, or your loved one celebrating a birthday, anniversary, new job, or new PR? Does your friend need a little bit of a boost as they're in the middle of marathon training? Shoot us a Venmo, and we'll do our best to shout them out on the next pod. Those who chipped in recently include Christopher Scheiman, who said, Great work at the Trials and Miles Track Night NYC. Keep it up. Here's a little jingle in your pocket. And we've also got Tim Gruber who said, Go you for creating content that dives below the surface and gets at the humanistic side of running that we all share. Imagine this donation is me giving you a high five and telling you you're amazing. If this donation goes to buying you a coffee, I'd love it if you could give the barista a high five and tell them that they're amazing. Thanks for all that you're doing. Well, Tim, consider it done. Next time I have an oat milk latte in one hand, I'll have a high five ready to go on my next coffee visit. So you are amazing. And last but not least, if you've got a second, leave a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It lets people know what you love about the show. It helps new people discover the show when we populate onto the top charts and lets future sponsors know what you think and why they should get behind the show. So thanks to everyone for their support. 
My guests for this episode are U.S. Olympic long jumper Tara Davis and Paralympic sprinter Hunter Woodhall. They are two of the most fun personalities within the sport. You may remember Davis celebrating making the U.S. Olympic team and rocking a cowboy hat and then jumping into Woodhall's arms at last summer's U.S. Olympic trials. Well, they've chronicled much of their relationship as well as their on and off the track story very well on social media. They've done such a great job of marketing themselves that they've got more than 420 YouTube subscribers and a combined TikTok following of more than 3 million people. They just sat down with me and my colleague Jasmine Todd to share the news that they have signed a sponsorship deal with Lululemon as global brand ambassadors. So in this episode, we touch on that deal. We also discuss why they've gone about sponsorships and contracts differently within the track and field space and the importance of athletes harnessing their own story. Apologies for the lighter audio on my end as I had a couple of issues with my microphone that day, but without further ado, here is Hunter and Tara. Oh, That'll be the intro. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Hi, guys. It's Tara Davis here. And, uh, today I'm going to sing you the national anthem. Stop. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> I wanted you to hit the note, though. So. Oh, no. It's like when you're scrolling on TikTok and you hit the ASMR. <laughs> oh. It's yeah. crazy what creative what we're people here. are doing with like just the weirdest know. noises. Uh, Anyways, the live section of TikTok. Is the we're here for a track meet. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. We're here for a track meet. All right. So Tara and Hunter, you guys are here with some big news. Yeah. You guys want to share what the big announcement is? Yeah, we're racing at pre. That's, <laughs> that's the big announcement. No silly goose. We're Lululemon athletes. Yeah. We. I recently started our partnership with Lululemon, so it's it's super exciting, and yeah, I mean that's it. Yeah. How did that come about? I mean, last year you guys were rocking different sponsor, yeah. headed to you know the games and the Paralympics, and so uh, fresh year, mm-hmm. fresh new sponsor. So how did this uh, deal come about? Absolutely. I think like coming out of college, we were in a totally different spot in our lives. I mean, everything was changing so quickly, and I think. You know, the partnerships we had at the time worked really well, but now that we've kind of grown up and, you know, our lives are changing so much and, like, just what we're doing and what we're looking forward to in the future has changed so much, like, this partnership has been perfect. And it took a while to, like, cultivate that relationship and really bring this partnership to light. Um, So it's been something that's been working on behind the scenes for a while now. So we're so excited for everything coming out. We're so excited to announce, and it's just, like, it's going to be really exciting for the next few years. So you guys know how, like the track and field sponsorship models have worked like for decades, mm-hmm. and, and you know the old school sort of ways. You mm-hmm. know, the shoe sponsors, and when you sign with the shoe sponsor, you, you know, kind of give up so much other of the real estate, like on the athlete kit and whatever. I feel like you guys have had, have done such a really good job over the last couple years as as professional athletes to just like break the mold and do things a little bit differently because you guys are, you know have your major platforms, YouTube and TikTok and just all the social media channels that you don't have to go the same traditional way that other old school athletes have done it. So has that been sort of like a conscious effort in the way you guys have gone about sponsorships and partnerships with different brands? Absolutely. Um, We have never liked the way that track did business and they're only focused on business and not focused on the athlete. And I feel like we want to change that and the, it's athlete first and business second type of thing, and I 
want to change that and we are changing that. Yeah, and I think that we want to do it in kind of two steps and one is like being that person, being those athletes who are actually making the change and then also trying to do things on our own to, you know, make that more accessible for athletes. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of times it, it's easier said than done because those resources are not available to athletes. Like a lot of times like there's not someone teaching athletes what to do and how to market themselves and how to use these platforms to grow their brand to be able to, you know, connect with these brands and really support themselves. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like this track world is built on brands capitalizing on athletes' downfalls, athletes' misfortune, athletes' injuries. Like when bad things happen to athletes, that's when they lose the most. So it's like why are people trying to capitalize when people are at their lowest? It seems like like Tara said, it's it's business before athlete, and I think it should be a, a larger focus on, on the person. My question to you, Hunter, is being on the para side, things can kind of be a little bit different, and contracts really are, we think it's slim in track and field, but it's even slimmer on the Paralympic side. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts when it comes to that and how you plan on changing? Absolutely. I think that <clears throat> I think that was one of the biggest reasons of, of why I took this path because I knew with the Paralympics, like it's not a matter of like are the contracts good, there's just no contracts there at all. And it was like if, if I'm gonna make this a career, if this is gonna be sustainable, we're gonna have to take it at a different way. And coming up through college I had a real focus on social media and then when I was battling a lot of the NIL stuff, I had actually met some agents in the social media space who knew nothing about track. And they were the ones who really introduced me to this like idea of supporting yourself through your own platforms and through your own, you know, like creating your own world basically. And um, I hope that what I'm doing can mostly just show like how possible it is. Like most of this I did with an iPhone mm -hmm. and a laptop. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's pretty much how we built all of this. So it's like, it's very accessible and athletes need to know that what they're doing on the track is so special and people want to see it mm -hmm. and they just need to learn how to frame and, and share that as a story. I think that you guys have done such an amazing job marketing yourselves off the track. How busy does that keep you guys, if at all, trying to market yourselves and coming up with this content because <laughs> it's difficult. It can be difficult. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's difficult, but a lot of stuff just comes naturally. You know, you just bring a camera out and then things happen. Um, it's marketing ourselves is hard, man, because the people can bring you down online. So it's like, what can you show and what shouldn't you show? Um, but we try to show almost everything. So to get that real person and real life action, um, yeah. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's like everyone in the track and field sport at this level, like you are a professional athlete, what you do is absolutely amazing. Like mm -hmm. it's incredible. And although like you may not get the credit, especially in the United States, that it probably deserves, it's like that's your opportunity to show what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And just like being at practice, the things you're doing at practice or in the weight room or whatever, like that is totally valid and, and plenty enough as far as a content perspective goes mm -hmm. to go out and share. Like that's enough. And that's what we're doing behind the scenes is what makes us perform and like no one ever sees the behind the scenes stuff because why no one really shows it they only see the day of and either we win or lose and we win everyone has great positive attitudes we lose they're like mm, they're not training hard enough but in reality we are like you're yeah. not seeing what we're training so I think if we like show what's really going on not just like the day of it can show how much power how much strength how much speed we actually have Hunter you brought up NIL and like it was only towards the end of your guys' like NCAA career that like it started to become a thing. 
but like you guys were already very active on social media, had huge followings. I'm curious how much you estimate you left on the table like before being allowed to take any sort of sponsorship deals because like at that point like you guys already had bigger followings than some of these professional athletes. Yeah, um, man, it's tough. Uh, I would say that that if an athlete does the right things and builds a platform to a way that's like in the hundreds of thousands or like can sustain like millions of views per month, which in reality is not that much. Like with, yeah. with TikTok and Instagram Reels and all these things where you have that reach, even if you don't technically have the followers, there's no reason that they shouldn't be making like in the hundreds of thousands of dollars just from social media, whether yeah. it's from the AdSense, from the platforms or from brand deals and sponsorships. It's nuts. We it's missed insane. out on a lot of money. The amount of times we've emailed back no, and like we've sat down with each other like, should we do it, should we do it? And we're just like, no, we shouldn't do it. Like we're gonna get caught and then like, it's just not, not even caught. worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just not even worth it. But I mean, we were, there were so many like, what was, um, this talk shows and energy bars and all of these things that like, yeah. They wanted to send us and give us, and like, no. Yeah, and wow. it was, We just it kept was on saying no, it's wild. So difficult, yeah. And it was like, for me in college, Tara was in a little bit of a different situation, but I was not even on full scholarship towards yeah. the end of my career. So it's like, not only am I not allowed to make any money, but I'm also having to pay for my school. I'm having to ask my parents for help to pay for my school, where there's brands, people offering money that would very well cover all my expenses, and I have mm -hmm. to say no. It's, it's so like, crazy. because of what? And that's what made it really hard, and I know there's a lot of other athletes in that situation, especially in sports like track, where these scholarships are fractionalized. Mm -hmm. This episode of the Sidious Mag Podcast is also presented by Hydro, a state-of-the-art rowing machine designed to transform the way you work out. Named Best Connected Rower in the Men's Health Home Gym Awards, rowing on the Hydro works out 86% of major muscle groups, compared to only the 44% from cycling. That's twice the benefit in half the time. It's a perfect low impact workout to add to your training cycle for both endurance and resistance training. I've actually seen some of the top professional marathoners using Hydra as a way to swap out their easy mile days to work up a little 20 minute sweat row. You can use a 10 minute breath row as a warm up or cool down before a big workout or tackle one of the workouts on the Hydro. I know one of the things with at-home workouts is that you spend a bunch of time trying to figure out what class goes with what. Hydro provides the best full body workout. You don't have to figure out what classes to pair together. It's so much work because you're getting upper body, lower body, and core all in a single workout. Hydro's workouts are filmed live outdoors on waterways around the world from Boston to Seattle to Miami to London. Plus, one membership comes with unlimited profiles for the whole family. So you'll have access to live and on-demand workouts, including rowing, Pilates, yoga, strength, conditioning, and more. With Hydro, you're guaranteed to get an incredible workout and experience a full body endorphin high. It's the Hydro High. Learn more at Hydro.com. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com. And for a limited time, you can use code Sidious100 for $100 off the rower and that's stackable with any of their current offerings, visit hydro.com and use Sidious 100. Back to the show we go. One of the cool things about the way you guys go about just sort of publishing these videos on TikTok and on YouTube is that it's so like relatable and I think you guys hit at the human aspect of like you, what makes you guys you, that that's the best part of, you know, 
Hunter posting a video about your Paralympic experience the first time around is just sort of that you just don't know like when someone's going to stumble upon that video. And that's the beauty of like the TikTok algorithm and all that stuff where it's sort of like it could be six months down the road from like when you originally posted the video and someone finds it and all of a sudden now they're a fan of yours. You do a great job of sort of like reminding people like this is what my story is. So like at this point like you're coming into it now like it's not too late to become sort of a track fan. So like how do you go about sort of thinking of the fans in the audience knowing that there's the people who know you for your athletic experience there's people who know you from social media and then there's these new people who discover you day in and day out mm -hmm. so how do you go about like when you're creating content thinking of your audience just like reintroducing ourselves tell it's yeah. just like making a first video again it's like hey we're Tara and Hunter we're track athletes if you're new here if you're not new here like every time I mean yeah. we just try to pretend that no one has seen our videos before if mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. I think it's just like being very intentional mm -hmm. with the stuff that you're creating. Like it's you got to stop getting you got to get away from this idea of like just throwing darts at the wall and hope something hits. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's like you put out a video and it does well and people connect with it or people like find inspiration from it or or whatever it is and you say what did I do in that video that that like made this connection, this genuine connection mm -hmm. with somebody on the internet. And it's like how can I recreate that in a genuine way? And I think if you keep that at the forefront and then just continue to kind of build on what you've done in the past and what you've mm -hmm. learned in the past, it helps to kind of continue to grow, you know, that knowledge base. When you're in the six figures for like YouTube subscribers and like <laughs> just seeing the number of views that things get, millions of views, like is that crazy sometimes to think like, oh, three million people have seen this one video of like our first date? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. If we try to think about like, okay, how many people actually is that? nowhere near this track stadium, nowhere near a football yeah. stadium, and just like doubles and doubles. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, sometimes it's kind of disheartening. You post a video and it's like two million views and you're like, I'm on top of the world. And you post another video and it's like 500 likes. And you're like, oh my God. Like, so it's like, you know, sometimes the algorithm, however it works, yeah. makes you, you know, feel one way or the other. So I feel like it's a lot of times just right place, right time kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. Um, when the videos do blow up, that's really, it's really amazing. It's crazy that people are watching us, like just watching us all the time. I'm like, wow, really? Is that interesting? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm just making breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, you guys have the personalities for it. Like, your guys' personalities are perfect for being on social media. And with that, so you guys started off really with YouTube because there wasn't TikTok yeah. and Instagram the Instagram reels, reels yeah. and stuff like that. But now you have all these options. Which one is your guys' favorite? Oh, this man. is a hundred question. It's tough. Yeah, I really love YouTube just because it, it gives you like the ability to really be creative as you want because you have no time limit. You can you know just do so much more. But I would say it's definitely the hardest platform to navigate and grow on, um, which makes it very difficult. I would say as far as like being a tool for people to grow an audience and monetize a platform, TikTok is by far the best. Like every athlete should be on TikTok, everybody should be sharing stuff on TikTok, their journey. It's just like the algorithm is built to take your content and share it to new audiences and make new connections over the internet. So um, yeah, and then I think Instagram's the prettiest. So yeah, <laughs> yeah true. When do you guys flip the switch to like athlete competitive mode? Because like Yes, you guys do have, you know, videographers or like photographers that are like following you around at like competitions and sometimes you bring your own people for it, but 
Like, there's a moment where you have to be like, okay, I'm going to be, you know, pro athlete time right now. And so is that a conscious sort of flip of a switch for you guys? Definitely. Um, I think I have two personalities, and I think I have personality outside but on the track when I'm just, like, not on the runway. But then as soon as I step on the runway, it's like, as soon as I look down, I'm like, okay, this is a different mode. I'm, like, thinking about what I'm going to be doing, how am I going to accomplish it and execute all the things. I have no idea. It's kind of like I just black out and I just go into, like, competition mode. But then as soon as I get out the pit, I'm like, whoa, let's go! <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I, I don't know what happens. It just, it just kind of, you get in the blocks and it's like everything kind of goes away and then you're like, I finished the race. I don't really know what happened <laughs> yeah. then and now, but we're here. So uh, I don't think, I, I don't know, but I also think it's important to, like, enjoy what you're yes. doing. It's like, yeah, 100%. you do, do change that switch and now you're focused on, like, athletic performance, but that doesn't mean you have to, like, get away from, time, yeah. yeah, I'm having fun doing what I love. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, yeah, I think that's why I enjoy track so much, because I'm actually being myself on the track. Like, I'm, I don't, I'm not, like, in my house, like, bouncing off the walls all the time, but, like, <laughs> when I'm in my own, man, you know, like, it's my true personality, and I actually get to show it and share the world of who I am, and it makes, like, the sport just even better. You have one of the, Tara, because not, <laughs> not everyone can see, Tara, you have one of the biggest personalities while we're out there on that field. Do you ever think about how sometimes you're kind of only the only one out mm -hmm. there that brings that energy, especially I think in the college scene because mm -hmm. not everyone's like that, but in the pro scene you'll have a little bit more people that'll play along and feed off that energy. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think, does it ever distract you sometimes like in the college scene or like when you're with the professionals of, you know, hey, I've got all this energy, where's, where where, where's everybody else yeah. at? Um, honestly, no. It's it's my world. Like I'm just living in my own little world, you know. And like, if y'all want to join, you could join. Like, if you don't, okay, you're missing out. Come on, go. So I mean, I've always been this way, and I, I I have gone to meets where I've been so serious and so stern, and like I did not do well because I was so wrapped up in my head, and I'm like, why am I so serious? Like I don't have to be serious. I want to have fun. This is fun for me. Yeah. And. Um, if I'm not having fun, I should probably stop doing my mm -hmm. event, you know? Yeah. So we taped a podcast with B. Reese a couple uh, months back, and we were just kind of talking about, like, now that she's kind of, like, retired mm -hmm. and, like, ready to pass on the torch to the next generation of, like, long jumpers, like, it's sort of, like, are you ready to take up sort of that <laughs> mantle? Because it's, like, it's crazy how many medals she obviously, you know, won throughout her career that... Uh, it's big, big shoes to fill. Yeah, I mean, I only want to fill my own shoes. I don't want to fill okay. anyone else's, you know? I want to be my own person, and, you know, if I take the torch, I take the torch, but if I don't, I still am my own person. I'm still Tara Davis. Definitely still Tara Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Is it hard, kind of like on the global scene, to, like, here in the United States, like, you're a big star, mm -hmm. but then, like, go into, like, something like the Olympics, and then realizing, it's like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm great in America, but now, like, it's a whole other ball game against, you know, German, uh, Germany and, like, all these other, you know, uh, international countries. So, like, how did you go about approaching that? Well, you know, get, especially at the games. Yeah. It was your first senior champion. Yes. So it was my first ever. And um, I've never seen the girls I competed against in real life. I've only seen them on my TV. So when I was looking at them, I was like, wow, you're real. I thought you were just, like, on my TV. And so, like... It was kind of crazy, like, adjusting to that. I was like, wow, like, I'm looking at myself, basically, 
and like in two weeks I can see this on TV and I'm yeah. with them. Um, it was kind of surreal and I didn't really understand until after because I went to the Olympics as if it was just another meet because I didn't want to get my head wrapped around of being the Olympics um, until afterwards. So I was like, wow, I was actually like competing with Ivana and yeah. Mary Beck. And I was like, Whoa, I'm actually up there. It was wild too because it was literally the Olympic final from 2016 mm -hmm. except for Tara. She was the only one in yeah. that final that was not in the 2016 Olympic final. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it's it like rewatching it from oh Rio. My and <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've been watching these girls since I was in high school, you know, and like looking up to them and now realizing I am one of them. It's insane. And I, two years ago, I wasn't going to be in this spot. So I'm very blessed and lucky to be up against them and see them this weekend. Yeah. So for you, I mean, do you find yourself also studying, you know, her event so much more, like, and just paying attention to all the competitors? Like, how plugged into uh, the jumps are you? Uh, this year, like, way more, just because yeah. now that we're training together, um, and I'm learning so much more, and, like, before I was like, yeah, you run and you jump, and, like, you get as far as you can, and now I'm, like, hearing all these cues, and I'm seeing all these different things, I'm hearing words like penultimate, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, dude, there's some something that goes into this, you know, so... Um, now that I've kind of been learning from the outside looking in, it's, it's been so much more exciting because I, I, you know, have a little bit more understanding of what's going on. Um, and definitely, like, seeing the people she's competing against and hearing her talk and fangirl about these other competitors. Shush. I mean, yeah, I'm not <laughs> you know, like, I'm definitely more involved and definitely, like, more in the know as far as it goes. Because she has it easier with, like, trying to understand your event because everyone just yeah, always the floor. Yeah, you start and yeah. get to the end <laughs> as fast there. as you can. Yeah, like, there's one step. Do you feel like if you were to go to a meet and she doesn't have her coach, would you be able to help her out at a track meet? Um, I think Tara is like a genius as far as like it goes from like a track and field standpoint. Like she knows exactly what's going on. She can see a video and be like, this is exactly what I need to change. So I think we could do a really good team thing where she would be like, hey, I need you to watch this thing mm -hmm. and tell me where it is or what I'm doing with it. You know what I mean? So it's like less of me knowing what's going on and more of her cueing me in on what to look for or what to film and mm -hmm. then her to make the adjustment. When did that start for you? Like, kind of just being, like, the savvy, technical, like, studying. Oh, I've always been a student of my sport. Always. Yeah. I I started track when I was four. My dad was my coach. Mm -hmm. So we would study all the time. And it it wasn't, like, annoying studying. It was just, like, watching Brittany Reese jump and him slowing it down. And you see how she's doing this. I'm like, wow. Like, she's it's actually, like, an art form. And so I've gone way, in like, really invested into how – long jump actually works and I don't know it's a crazy sport I think it's one of the most difficult sports besides pole vault in track and field just because it's so technical and speed um yeah it's I could go on and on but it's insane no I <laughs> loved hearing B Reese kind of break down right she was telling us like the way she jumps doesn't work for everyone else right exactly. what is it like it, the hitch she, she hangs, hangs but it's everyone else her approach is very very different mm -hmm. from everybody else so that is someone that you could not take and that is not a textbook study type of jumper no. No. Um, and and we've discussed that plenty of times and that is something that coach Fisher will always repeat yeah. to us down at the track like hey she can help you but like I can't teach you how she jumps <laughs> she's, <different. laughs> she's yeah. very different Did Brittany has her own bit? like to try and emulate someone like Brittany no, no. no you no, just no. knew from the get go like it the like, only thing that I used to do when I was little that Brittany would do is scream and she'd go ah and my dad said you gotta scream like Brittany <laughs> okay ah 
That's so cute. She'll never know this, okay? <laughs> Until she listens. I know. Yeah, yeah. Brittany's in, in Fayetteville yeah, now. I or see like all the time. Time, time to time. So it's been really cool to see her her hanging around. I'm like, have you talked to her or like tried to learn anything from her while she's been there so far? No, I don't want to step on toes. So I just gotta understand. She goes or she coaches some athletes and then my coach coaches me obviously. So I gotta just like let yeah. everyone do their own thing and when the time comes it'll come. That's nice. And then also let's talk about something that you've kind of changed. I don't know if you're still doing it, but you used to hang and you've been transitioning over to hitching. Ooh, I have transitioned. It's it's been a wild ride. Um, last practice, last time I jumped, I did not hitch at all. But I was continuing movement in the air, which kind of emulated me hitching, but I wasn't hanging. So I went from a hang to a hitch, and I feel like I've maxed out my hit or my hang. Um, I've, I've been doing it since I was four, and I feel like I've maxed it out. So the only thing I can do is change the technique in the air. Yeah, that's that's all. It's, it's stressful, <laughs> but it, I love it, and it's so much fun, and I feel like I'm flying. Yeah, she's literally. Gonna jump big. So oh, like, I'm I'm the now. casual YouTube video person who just stumbled upon you guys. You talking about that? So what should I be looking out for? That's different about like on TV okay. when they replay your jump. What's different? So for a hang, if I were to do a hang and um, a jump, I would have my back completely arched, okay. arm, my legs completely back. For a hitch, it would be like I'm riding a bicycle in the air, almost. Okay. So I, there's no stop at, stopping of the legs, no stopping of the arms. It's all movement through the air. Um, like I'm running or riding a bike in the air. So hanging, there's a pause. Yeah. There's a hitch. You're just moving. Just keep going. Just keep on going. Running in the air. Um, is this a risk that you're taking, like trying to switch things up in a world championship year, like to... YOLO. Like with a team on the line, <laughs> right? Like Yolo. it's kind of bold. I'm thinking. I'm sitting here. I'm like, you, everything was working well. Like, I mean, yeah, it was working well for college. I'm, yeah. I'm with the big dogs now. Okay. I gotta do something. <laughs> yeah. If I can say, I'm just probably gonna speak on a coach's side as okay. well yeah. because Tara is very fast down the runway as well. And for someone to hitch and jump far, usually they're pretty fast down the runway. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's going to work very well for Tara to switch over to yeah, the well, hitch. Obviously, you ran the 100 and then also doubled with, with the jump. So, like, when is the next time we're going to see you in a 100? You're going to do hurdles again? Because you did hurdle. I, I did do hurdles, and I loved hurdles. Um, <laughs> I, I think I would like to focus on one event, one event yeah. only. <laughs> but you don't see it like as a, like, oh, in March or April, no, like, no, no, no. this would be valuable. I mean, see where I'm at. Yeah, during like some spring training, you know, throw yeah. me in a hundred or two. But 200. not in an actual real no. race, no. like in the blocks. No, no. Okay. <laughs> I was just trying to see like what works and what doesn't sometimes. I, yeah. yeah, no, I like to show my speed on the runway, mm. <laughs> not anywhere else. I can't know that secret. Yeah. <laughs> They'll throw me into more things. <laughs> This episode is also presented by Hayward Magic. It's no secret we love track and field at Sidious Mag, and it's the summer of Hayward. We're looking forward to celebrating all things track and field with you this summer. From June 23rd to 26th, we'll be in town for the U.S. Championships where the rest of Team USA will be named. 
And then from July 15th to July 24th, we'll have Sidious Maghouse up and running for the World Championships Oregon 22. We'll be doing daily runs. We're going to be hosting live shows every day. We'll be doing our daily podcast. It's the first time the World Championships are coming to America. So we're going all out and celebrating the best sport in the world. We want you to be there with us, and it's not too late to get your hands on tickets or flights. We've made a landing page on our website with all the dates and ticketing information to make it easy for you. So visit SidiousMag.com slash Summer of Hayward. If you're determined to make it there, Hayward Magic on Instagram wants to hear about it. Whether you're a high school athlete, a college runner, or a professional runner, or if you're just a fan who bought tickets, share how you're preparing for the best summer of track and field by using hashtag MakeItAHayward in your caption or post. Hayward Magic will select and feature the best posts for their feed, and who knows, some of the best submissions may be compiled into a reel or story highlight and live on Hayward Magic's page forever. It's the Instagram home for the true track and field fans, the diehards, the dreamers, and the fans. They aim to share the magic of the sport and elevate the athletes that push it forward. So follow at Hayward Magic on Instagram today. Back to sort of like the Lulu deal. Yeah. Like, what's most ex- what are you most excited about just sort of in like being able to like Lulu's big thing, at least with, with its athlete ambassadors, is sort of like engaging with the community and like getting yes. people to organize, you know, runs or retreats yes. or events. And so, like, what are you most excited about now with this new partnership? Because it is good that, like, yes, for one side, they care about you as an athlete and how you're performing at like meets and US championships, but they definitely want it to be more so community driven and like mm-hmm. you're able to engage with the fans. Man, yeah, I can go first. You hit it right on the head. I mean, and that's one of the biggest reasons that we wanted to work with Lululemon. Um, and we're super blessed that we've gotten to a point where we can be like more selective with, with who we work with. And I feel like Lulu's obviously in that same position. So that's how I know this partnership was so genuine. And like through the beginning conversation, it was always like, what, what can we do for you? Like, how can we represent you in a way that feels genuine for you? Mm-hmm. And then also like, how can we help you make a difference? It's like they're really there to, like you said, engage with community, make a difference, like change the thought process of what it means to to run different, what it means to be an athlete and all these things. And it's just like, they also do a really good job at pushing like inclusiveness and diversity, which I feel like is like the mantra of our relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, like we're very diverse just in the two of us. Um, And, Apart from that, I mean, they make amazing oh clothes. Yeah, it's amazing <laughs> team, and yeah, I'm just, I don't know, I'm so excited. And and they're about action. Like yeah. right when things happen, they said, "All right, let's let's do this. Let's get a shoot together. Let's get you guys out. Let's test out this some new products. Let's get you the guys kit. to our headquarters. Oh let's gosh. work on your kits. Let's do like oh, motion awesome. tracking. Let's figure out like wow, how nice. to yeah. help you guys perform your best." And then let's see how we can make a difference in your community. Yeah, and it's like that. There that's literally enough. us. Like that's got me so perfect. Yeah, yes. that's awesome. Is there a Lulu ambassador that you're most excited to meet or work with? Like I'm thinking like I've seen Matt James rocking their stuff all the time, and like Colleen Quigley, of course, has like had a big presence with them. Like, is there anyone in particular that sticks out to you right now? Um, I mean Colleen. I've really yeah. never seen her, met her in person. Yeah. So I've only seen her from like. Had this internet relationship. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So we just like had this basically social media internet relationship. So I'm super excited. But I'm also excited just to meet everyone that's on the Lululemon team just because it is small. Yeah. And it's small, but all of those people make a huge difference and 
in the brand itself, but even in the world. So I'm really excited to just sit down and talk and listen to everyone's story. Yeah, and a lot of like the the ambassadors that Lulu picks, I would say all of them like are very story driven. Like yeah. they they choose people to align with them that you know have a really amazing story. I think we all have really amazing stories, but people who are really open about sharing their story and what makes them different and why they're proud of that. And yeah. it's so cool because every person is relatable. Like you can relate to every person. It's like and so different. Yeah. Yeah. Like no one is the same. I mean, it's like it's such like a diverse team, and it's it's, it's, it's really exciting to be a part of. One of the last couple things I wanted to touch on was like just recently because I worked at Sports Illustrated for like six and a half years, and I just the other day saw like a store a track story pop up on Sports Illustrated, and I was like, oh, who wrote it? And I was like, wait, it's Tara wrote it. It was like it was under your name. Hi. Because <laughs> it was the post I think about you know you looking up to Allison and mm -hmm. Brittany and also just trying to be that face for like the next younger generation. But I think a big part of it, like you just said, was just sort of in you, the both of you and your personal story about how much you know diversity and just inclusion matters to you guys. Like that was it was really powerful to oh, sort of thanks. read, and I thought it was awesome. So like. How do you go, guys go about like carrying that sort of like day to day? Like, is it a mindful thing that you think about? I don't know if it's a mindful thing. I just think it's a a, a thing that like that people take. I mean, the great power in seeing you guys. Yeah, um, I just we're just I feel like genuine people. Yeah, and I just feel like being my authentic self can just like change a lot of things. Just yeah. opening up about like mental health and opening up about. Inclusion and all of this stuff, and I, I don't know. I just, just kind of comes, yeah, naturally. I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot of work to be somebody else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. It's hard not being yourself, and like I went, I think a year and a half of like not truly being myself, and it was exhausting. And I, I would never go back. I love being who I am, and I love being my loud self, or you know, just like being. I don't know, my mom calls me a, a star, and I like, I love being a star, I love being a bright light, and I don't know, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, I, dude, I, I kind of was like, I mean, back then I probably didn't think it was such a blessing, but now looking back, I really think it was, is when I was growing up, like, I was very different, like, physically I'm different, you can see it, like, kids look at me and instantly they know, like, that kid's different than me, mm -hmm. right, he's missing his legs, and I got bullied a lot in, like, fifth and sixth grade, and, like, Originally, my plan to fix that was like try to fit into this mold of like what everyone else was like, and then if I was like them, then I would fit in and this whole problem would go away. And it wasn't until I learned that like the only way to get away from that is is to do the exact opposite, right? Mm -hmm. Is like to embrace those things that make you different. Let that be the thing that separates you and, and makes you special, right? And be proud of that. And then it's like if somebody doesn't like it, like nothing you do is going to change their mind. Yeah. yeah. So it's like. Be your own self, do your own thing, focus on you, and then like spend your time, energy, and effort on the people who are, you know, in the background supporting you or loving you or sending those messages of like mm -hmm. kindness and it's like there's just not a lot you can do to change the minds of people who, right. who don't want to have their minds changed. So it's like just be, be yourself. You. Yeah, it's a lot easier that way. Yeah. When you have like thousands and thousands of people like watching videos, like I'm sure there's every now and then like the annoying comment or two oh, yeah. like yeah, or, or I a can't lot. Even lie, they stick out too. Yeah, right. Oh, it's like you can get a hundred positive it's, comments, but the one person who like says like you know. look stupid in that red exactly. shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, I'm never gonna wear that red shirt again. Exactly. Or yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 
it cuts to the core most yeah. definitely. Um, it I got some used to. Like we yeah. got used to it. Like it took a long time, but I've just come to conclusion that like whoever's writing that is probably some big person that's just sitting on their couch typing away, not doing anything with their life, like yeah. not probably eating potato chips, I don't know. Just like not <laughs> doing <potato> anything. There's <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with potato chips. That yeah, we're let's, doing. Let's but, get on the people who like potato chips. Hey man, <laughs> <laughs> I'm setting the scene. <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying, but like, why should those people bother me when I'm doing my own thing? Yeah, absolutely. And they're just little fingers on the keyboard. Like that's it. Twitter fingers. Twitter fingers. Instagram yeah. fingers. Yeah, you kind of got to be good at like, See it, cool, move on, mm -hmm. next thing. And but sometimes, like, you know, you gotta comment back because you gotta stand up for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like standing up for myself because it's, it's not fun. <laughs> People are like really mean. Hunter, I think uh, before we even attempt yeah, to close yeah. out, uh, my question to you is diversity. And you're here at the Prefontaine Classic. Yeah. They've included you guys in it. And so what does that mean to you to be included in events? Man, it's huge. I just realized when I got to the airport and I saw the shirts of the volunteers, like Diamond League. And I yeah. was like, this is a Diamond League meet. And we're about to compete at a Diamond League meet. And it's like, that seemed out of the realm of possibilities to even be a thing. So I feel very blessed. Um, I've been nursing a little back thing, so I'm hoping that I can like go out there and give it my best shot. But regardless, like, it's just a big step in the right direction in my eyes, and I think that a lot of people are going to be really excited to see what you know the Paralympic side of things has to offer. You know, it's like different in many ways, but I think that's what makes it so special. So I'm excited to share with the world like that side of track and field. Well, I think the two of you are doing some awesome things Thank within you. the sport, and so don't let the Twitter fingers get <laughs> yeah. to you guys. I think you guys are doing great. Yeah, anyone um, out there is eating good. potato chips. There's nothing wrong with the potato chips. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with potato chips, but at least dust your fingers off if you're going to type something yeah, mean. Right? <laughs> dust them off, please. I'm excited for you guys, so good luck this weekend. Thank you. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> The City of Smack Podcast is a production of the City of Smack Podcast Network. It is produced and edited by Mike Zerzolo. Did you enjoy this episode enough to dish out a couple bucks? Support City of Smack by pledging any dollar amount over on patreon.com slash Mag to join our loyal legion of backers who keep this show going strong. If you're on your phone right now, you can also open up the Venmo app and hit us with a one-time donation to at City We've also got merch over on CityofSmag.com. Any way you can show your support goes a long way. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you some happy and healthy running. Legs are feeling good. See you next time.